0: You know, I was like take this opportunity to talk about myself. The man of the hour. And let me tell you something, daddy. When you're the man, you make history every time you step foot in this ring. And that's the bottom line. Sweet wrestling podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode ninety nine of the Toe Sweet Wrestling Podcast. We got a lot to hop into, ladies and gentlemen. Randy Orton, the Viper, is back, ladies and gentlemen. We got a lot to hop into, so I'm not gonna waste any time. Look, you can find me as always at linktr.ee/slash two sweet p o d on Twitter as well at two sweet and at o m g corey b. So, ladies and gentlemen, we're gonna hop right on into it. Man, Monday Night Raw, a lot of people were excited. If you didn't see my Royal Rumble review, you can check that out on YouTube at OMG Corey B. It's right there. And, man, a lot of people were excited after the Royal Rumble. I uh, had a lot of excitement. What's going to happen? You know, what are the matches going to be as we head into uh, the road to WrestleMania? So, Edge comes out at the end of the show. And... You know, I'm thinking, you know, the first thing I'm thinking as a cynical wrestler fan, all right, who's going to break it up? So Edge has a phenomenal promo where he's talking about, you know, how he's got to be back. And he doesn't yet know how, it's, how long it's going to last. There was a lot of truth into that. And you know what? One of the reasons behind that for me uh, is, you know what? I want to see a younger guy. I wanted to see a younger guy get this spot because of that very reason. We don't know how long Edge is going to be around. However... Edge is getting to it from when Randy Orton comes out, he says, "How about a rating RKO reunion?" The fans pop and we get a RKO out of nowhere. And man, this segment here, man. This was an old school segment, man. And you know what, we have the situation where Edge is looking like he's going for the Brian Pillman, he has his, excuse me, Orton. It's like he's going for the Brian Pillman, has Edge's neck in the chair. And what I like the most about this segment, you can hear the gasps, the the worry from the crowd, the looks on their faces, hands on head. And it was phenomenally done. Ah, Obviously, Orton settles for the concerto after all of that. And man, you know what? I didn't really have much interest as I seen the tweets. Before Edge comes out, it was a lot of tweets, uh, you know, how about Edge versus Rollins, how about Edge versus this guy, and then I it. how about Edge versus Orton, that may be the match, and the first thing I said was, no, man, like, no, Edge is coming back, I want a bigger match, I want a younger guy, and by the end of that segment, they had me sold on Edge versus Orton, that's how phenomenally, if you could do a segment phenomenally done that's how much you can sell a person on a match I went from one I did a full 180 went from no to yes let's see this in fact I don't think Orton went far enough I really wish they would have went in on Orton jumping from the middle rope and uh coming down on the chair and like having edge up for a however amount of time to they still may do that but the gas the crowd was there when Orton was on the rope but you can tell that you know what the crowd did not want to see it they were in horror and we don't have that you know anymore in wrestling man like a segment to where it draws people in it makes people uncomfortable like i missed that in wrestling like that was that segment and it was phenomenally done in a plus a plus you turned me around you got a whole bunch of people excited to see what happens so that was a phenomenal segment i cannot wait to see uh obviously edge is going to be out you know obviously he's going to make his triumphant return he's going to lay the lumber to randy orton and that is going to ratchet up this build even more so well done wwe good job so moving on into another feud as we head into wrestlemania drew mcintyre wins the world rumble ladies and gentlemen and he comes out to start the show and obviously we're all thinking okay drew mcintyre versus brock lesnar and that's what we're gonna get and i gotta say they got kicked off really well you know what drew mcintyre got the win over the oc and brock lesnar slid right on in there, quick gave him one f5 and he was out of there I like that build. You know what, Drew McIntyre got Brock Lesnar out of the way in the Royal Rumble. Brock Lesnar said, "You know what? Screw you. I'm coming in. I'm coming to lay you out." And it was a well done segment, uh, quick and to the point. And I gotta say, I'm very excited about Drew McIntyre versus Brock Lesnar. As I said on the Royal Rumble, I review. I found I gave some kudos to WWE because they finally. Did something that I've been asking them to do for a long time now. And that's just go with someone that has a little bit of momentum. Somebody that's not the obvious choice to face Brock Lesnar. Go with that person. And Drew McIntyre wasn't an obvious choice. And they went with him. And like I've been saying all along. Sometimes things like the Roy, winning the Royal Rumble. Sometimes... Main event in WrestleMania gives you the momentum to be the big star that WWE wants to have. And Drew McIntyre winning the Royal Rumble. And presumably, uh, they said, going on to the main event of WrestleMania. If he goes on to beat Brock Lesnar, that would give him the momentum to be a top star. The guy has the look. Uh, He can wrestle in the ring. And he pretty much has it all. He can cut a promo as well. He has it all. And look, man this could turn out to go very well it could turn out to be very bad who knows it all depends on how wwe books it you know some people might say that you know what the fans are just going to turn on them anyways and i i'm going to say let's hold the booking accountable let's see how wwe books them first before we presume what the fans are going to do i'm very excited for drew versus brock lesnar i cannot wait to see how it turns out moving on ladies and gentlemen ah speaking of wrestlemania Charlotte Flair won the women's royal rumble. I cannot tell you how upset I am about that, but it is what it is. We got a lot of people theorizing on Charlotte Flair's next match, and you know, look at the competitors, and you say, "What well, doesn't make sense for us to see Charlotte and Becky again?" It doesn't make sense to say to see Charlotte and Bailey again. So a lot of people are theorizing that it's going to be Charlotte versus Rhea Ripley at WrestleMania. And I put it out on Twitter. I said that, you know what, they cannot go in a different route without having a supreme gap in logic. And I want to say that, look, Charlotte Flair versus Rhea Ripley would be a phenomenal match an outstanding match. But you're not going to sit here and tell me that Charlotte Flair is going to win the Royal Rumble and go after the NXT title. Like no offense to the NXT title but come on man like Charlotte Flair just outlasted all these women to win the Royal Rumble and she's not going to go after the main titles raw or smackdown that makes no sense whatsoever to me I could not buy into it whatsoever and like I like the story to me I'm an old school wrestling fan the story means a lot to me so, we got to have a believable story, man. Charlotte Flair can't go after the NXT title. As, mu- as much as people are excited for the match, as much as people want to see it, like, no. We cannot have that match up to me. It would make no sense whatsoever. Why would Charlotte go after the NXT title? She's a 10 10- Time, women's champion that is ridiculous in five years but that's beside the point it would make no sense for her to go after the NXT title that's my thoughts on this possible field we got a lot of people theorizing that you know what Ah, what if it was Charlotte and Real Ripley like I said it would make an awesome match but it would make no sense for Charlotte to do that in my opinion so moving on to things that make no sense Becky Lynch ah she got a, a Decent promo at best last Monday night after beating Asuka, but the story from the promo Becky Lynch has on a goat Jacket now. Now the jacket was phenomenally made the seamstress or whomever made the jacket. Well done Well, well done, but here's the thing man Becky Lynch also went on to put on her Twitter status legend and I'm like her Twitter bio excuse me legend I'm just sitting there like hold on wait a minute bruh like if Becky Lynch is serious she has absolutely no case whatsoever on this earth to be considered a GOAT or even a legend at this point like look man ah uh, and even if she was short I got a lot of people saying okay, man, y'all getting trolled by Becky Lynch. Like, no, you gotta have a point. You gotta at least be in the conversation of a GOAT or a legend to be serious or to be trolling for me to take it uh, seriously or to, for me to bite on you saying it. Here's the deal, uh, prime example, if Chris Jericho was to come out and say, you know what? I'm the goat or wear a goat jacket you know what i don't believe there are a lot of people that are saying that chris jericho is the goat. i don't believe so but chris jericho has a hell of a resume and he is in the conversation with the goats so if he would have run that type of gimmick you wouldn't know if he was serious on trolling but darn it it would be believable with becky lynch man all i can do is laugh man like it isn't believable whether she's serious or whether she's trolling. It's not believable. She's not a goat. She's like no. And I love Becky Lynch. Like there are many ladies that could be legends in the making. You know what, Charlotte Flair, possibly a legend in the making. Becky Lynch, if you wanted to say a legend in the making, uh maybe so. There are plenty of other ladies that are going down that line, but as for a legend now excuse my phone but as for a legend now like no man she's not even a goat she's not even above charlotte flair for goodness sakes as it comes to overall talent that's just my opinion and it is just silly as to why she had on a goat jacket hey that's just me moving on to another silly thing uh brock lesnar and matt riddle Like, man, but apparently, according to Pro Wrestling Sheet, they had a verbal altercation backstage, and I'm just sitting there saying, man, Riddle, chill out, man. Like, if Riddle is ever going to be the guy that we want him to be, like, he has to stop getting into it with these guys. Whether it's serious or not, like, you cannot build a bad rep, and apparently he does have a bad rep backstage. Ah, like whether it's lesnar or whether it's goldberg the guy's always getting into it with these guys and he it. it. that's in a backstage promo that he had presumably after the royal rumble i said that you know what brock doesn't control it he's coming out the brock he's gonna retire brock and like man that's all fine and well but i don't ever think matt riddle is ever going to get to that point like the, the status that i see him going to based off of his ability if you're a pain in the butt backstage it's not gonna matter unless you're like Shawn Michaels, unless you have that type of talent, and Matt Riddle does not have that type of talent to be a butt old backstage and still get put over. Like I'm talking about early Shawn Michaels, not the the late Shawn Michaels. But I don't see it happening for Matt Riddle. I don't see the a uh, uh, Lesnar retired match retiring match happening for Matt Riddle at all. Because, like, yeah, you gotta be not necessarily a good guy backstage but you can't be annoying backstage that's just my take on it so moving on to something that was pretty interesting Marty girl and nick aldis had quite the build as it pertains to their nwa match ah uh, and nwa title match excuse me uh, coming up at the crockett cup and like, Marty, on the recent episode of NWA Power, there's Marty Skrull waiting on Nick Aldis for an interview. They had a really good interview going forth. You know, Marty was going at Nick Aldis, and Nick Aldis said saying how he's never been a world champion before. And, like, I really uh, enjoyed it. But the, the crazy thing that came out of this was the stipulation for the match. N- Nick Aldis proposed a money-back guarantee stipulation and I'm, I'm, I'm hearing them talking about stipulation, I'm thinking, oh, okay, falls count anywhere. You know, the traditional stuff. And he says a money-back guarantee stipulation. And I'm like, what, a uh, what? Guarantee stipulation? Like, I gotta give him credit for this. That is very original. Like, it may give away the result of the match, but I have never in my life heard of a money-back guarantee stipulation. And much credit to them, this was a well-done segment. And like, yeah, man, I am entirely with it. Ah, and I'm very excited for that match at the Cracker Cup. I cannot wait to see how it all turns out. Uh, money back stipulation. That is crazy, man. So moving on, we're going to move on into Jordan Grace. Ladies and gentlemen, some impact wrestling. She had a three-way matchup uh, for the number one contendership for the knockouts title. And she went on to win that three-way matchup. It was a decent matchup at best. Ah, but here's the deal, man. It is high past time for Impact to go with Jordan Grace as their champion. Like, it's almost to getting too late time because they had, they have had several chances before and like Jordan Grace is still over. Don't get me wrong, but like, it is time, Impact. She's going to be going after Taya Valkyrie. And I I am one to say that that belt has been on Taya Valkyrie for far too long. It's starting to be a Shayna Baszler situation to where it's not that I hate her necessarily. Uh, I think she's phenomenal in the ring, but she's been the champion for just too long. And it's time for somebody else to get that belt. Jordan Grace has a phenomenal opportunity. And it's about time the impact get it done That's my estimation Before people get tired of seeing Jordan and Grace lose the big one Time and time again That's my opinion It is time impact Make it happen So moving on to making things happen Killer Cross uh, A report came out that Killer Cross Had met with Triple H But Killer Cross came out and denied that report On the TMPT Empire Podcast Saying that he had never met with Triple H. However, on the back end of all of this, Dave Meltzer comes out with a poor report that says that uh, if, if, if Killer Cross ends up in WWE, WWE would fast track him. And I don't know what that means, but here's my opinion on the whole thing. I am one to believe that Killer Cross, if he is indeed going to WWE, we don't know yet. Uh, he definitely needs to go to NXT. Like, that's just my opinion. I have more faith in Triple H uh, booking NXT than what we have going on on WWE Raw and WWE SmackDown. Even though there are some shining lights on Raw and SmackDown, I just have supreme confidence in NXT that they would get Killer Cross right in NXT and book him right in NXT. Uh, He would fit perfectly on that roster. Like, I am hoping that, you know what? It would be really nice if he ended up in NXT, and I'm pulling for it. And you know what? It'll be interesting to see how it turns out. Ah, uh, killercross to NXT. Ah, uh, like I said, it would be tremendous. And a fast track in NXT. Like, give me killer cross uh, versus anybody in that company. Give me Killer Cross versus Keith Lee. That would be phenomenal. Ah, So I'm really hoping that that it happens To Cross across NXT We'll see how it turns out So ladies and gentlemen Now that we've got the news stories out of the way We're going to hop into AEW and NXT We're going to break that down AEW, we're going to start with them first as always So We started off with the rare promo from AEW Maxine comes out And the crowd is with them. They're in Cleveland, they're in Ohio. Moxley is hyped, and he's talking about how he's coming for Jericho. He's coming for the AEW title, and there's nothing that Jericho can do about it. And that brings out Jericho. Moxley wanted to fight that last night, that night. So Jericho comes out, ladies and gentlemen, and He is toying with the Cleveland crowd, being Chris Jericho, being a tremendous heel. And he brings out the inner circle. He brings out uh, Santana's homies. And we got ourselves a good old-fashioned 10-on-1 right here. You know what? Moxley isn't backing down. We got a nice brawl. I appreciate the fact that the security got involved and it wasn't a fact that John Moxley just ran through everybody. Ah, uh, so it was very well done, security gets involved, Jericho stays away from Moxley, and we get we continue the build to revolution after Jericho versus Moxley, well done segment to start off the show, moving on, we had MJF paying off the Butcher and the Blade to knock off the Young Bucks, we had that segment, and we got a tremendous tag team matchup, I would say a good tag team matchup with the butcher and the blade and the young bucks uh the young bucks started off hot i had their speed to start off the show i really thought that you know they had a commercial in between the match i thought that that hurt that that hurt the matchup in in my estimation but uh, it really picked up when matt got the hot tag and i gotta say it was an awesome matchup the young bucks pick up the victory with the melted driver uh, Butcher and the Blade, they got their heat back post-match. They beat down the Young Bucks, and Kenny Omega makes the save. And the funniest thing of the night, Hangman Page walks down the ring with the beer. He comes in to make the save as well, and they stand tall with the Young but uh, moving on, ladies and gentlemen, we had Nala Rose versus Big Swole. This was a decent match. Started off pretty slow in my estimation, but it picked up after Big Swole hit the broad kick on Nala Rose. Uh, I got to say that the most positive thing about this matchup was that Big, Big Swole really had the crowd on her side. Like, she is really starting to gain momentum. Much like Chris Statlander gained momentum in an organic way, they're not really pushing Big Swole, but the crowd is starting to get behind her, so I really much appreciate that. Nala Rose will obviously go on to pick up the victory here. Uh, I gotta say that I'm not really feeling Nala Rose, but you know what, I'm gonna continue to give her a chance. we will see how her storyline plays out. I think if I'm not mistaken, she's the number one contender for the women's championship. We'll see how that goes going forward. So moving on, ladies and gentlemen, we had Kip Sabian versus Cody Rhodes. Uh, We had Owen Anderson out with the play sheet, which I found that that was pretty funny. Uh, We have a pretty good match. I think that that they had too many distractions in that match for my liking. Uh, Owen Anderson got involved in the match. He got kicked out of the ring joy janella got involved which was pretty funny he interrupted a kiss uh and that was pretty funny but at the end of the day saving keep saving got in a lot of offense in this match cody Rhodes would go on however to pick up the victory here so i enjoyed that matchup it just had too many distractions for me moving on we had the Britt baker prom- promo which was really good ladies and gentlemen she called out tony Schifani, she called out jim ross talking about how He's doing nothing but forgetting the names on the roster. This was a phenomenal Britt Baker prom- promo. Some people didn't like the promo from last week. Well, this one was a complete 180. It really established her as a heel. She said that she was the only Baker that Cleveland could count on. Well done. Well freaking done, Britt Baker. Great delivery. Great promo. Just an A-plus out of all of it. Well done. I loved it. So moving on, we have SCU versus Jack Evans and Helico SCU out with the Kobe Jacobs to start. And I got to say that, you know what, man? This was a slow moving match, but at the end of the day, it's going it to be a really good match. My biggest angst here is that Jack Evans and Helico could be a phenomenal match addition to the tag to tag team division but they continue to lose match after match after match you gotta give them some momentum that's just my opinion and they haven't given them momentum I'm not saying that they should have beaten SCU but they should get some victories every now and again on the main show SCU goes on to pick up the victory with the SCU later SCU later excuse me Ah, uh, this would bring out the Dark Order promo. They said that the exalted one is very upset with Daniels and that they would think about who they should target first. We'll see how that turns out. Ah, uh, we got a tremendous Pac promo as well in the streets, in the cold, in his wrestling trunk. So, he's about how he still wanted this uh, match with Kenny Omega. That was extremely well done. I loved every bit of it. Uh, moving on to the main event, we have the private party versus Ah, uh, proud and powerful and Chris Jericho, private party and Darby Allen versus these guys. Excuse me. Darby Allen started out hot. He had the crowd completely behind him. Ah, uh, this kid is very much getting over, man. Ah, uh, this match was very high paced. I enjoyed all of it. Ah, uh, the spots of the match, man, was the coffin drop on Jake Hager from Darby Allen. Ah, uh, Cassidy got a tremendous near fall. I thought the match was over. He hit a swan on Jericho and got a near fall. But at the end of the day, Chris Jericho picks up the victory with the Judas Effect on Cassidy. Uh, they pick up the victory there. They go for the beatdown. But John Moxley makes the save with a bat. He runs off everyone. Uh, he stands tall. And the build continues for Jericho and Moxley as we head into revolution. Uh, I really enjoyed this episode of AEW. Uh, It was well done, and man, moving on, not gonna waste any time, we head into the NXT review. First up, we have Balor versus Trent Seven. Uh, Balor smashed Seven's neck into his own car like before before this match took place. Not right before, but they shot an angle, and it was well done. Balor stood tall, but the match, uh, I enjoyed Balor's fierce Activity. He really. I uh, was on the offense early, fast, quick in a hurry, and I enjoyed that. Had a commercial. Like I said, I hate the mid-match commercials because it really takes you out of the match. At least that. That that's what it is for me. Even when it's a picture-in-picture uh, commercial break, it really just takes me out of the match. The match picked up excellently. Uh, Trent Seven had a lariat for a near fall. I thought, you know what? Trent Seven may pick up the victory here. That's where I was. But, at the end of the day, Valor picked up the victory. gras 1916, picks up the victory, and he stands tall. Moving on, and that was a tremendous matchup. I enjoyed every bit of it. Moving on, ladies and gentlemen, we had Shotzi versus Deanna parazo. Matt Perazzo actually dominating early. It was a competitive match, you know what? I thought that this would just be a Shotzi showcase. Uh, I was wrong about that and there was another match down here that I was wrong about as well, I'll get to it. But sticking with this one, uh, Shotzi goes on to pick up the victory. Not a very long match whatsoever, actually a short match. But is back on the win chart uh, after what happened with Shayna Baszler. Uh, moving on, ladies and gentlemen, this it was a decent match, but not a great, what would I call it a good to great match. Moving on, we have the Keith Lee promo, ladies and gentlemen. Ah, uh, we had him, the crowd is just all over Keith Lee. And, ah, uh, he's out, and he's not very, he's not out for very long. Before he's interrupted by Damian Priest, Damian Priest wanted him a title shot. Damian Priest is kind of rough on the mic. I didn't really like him all that much, but here's what it is: Dominic D. Jokovic came out talking about how he wanted the title shot and that, you know what, the bootleg Marilyn Manson wouldn't be the one getting the title shot. And you know what, Keith Lee said, you know what, y'all got some stuff to handle this. My name Paul and that's on y'all. I'm Chris and I ain't in this. And he got out of there. And we had ourselves a match and one of the most entertaining matchups of the night whether they beat nxt or aew dominique Djokovic versus damian priest it was a very physical match two big guys going at it two athletic big guys new age big guys going at it and some very good spots in this match dominique moon moonsault Ah, to the outside was very well done step up to pay from priest was very well done and it was a tremendous matchup dominic djokovic goes on to pick up the victory here so that is that is very well done for the build for the north american title we'll see how it goes going forward moving on we had champa and you know what? Chompa laid out the undisputed era. Like, <laughs> dude just laid him out. He bought a table down the ringside. X marks the spot. And that brought out Adam Cole. He was mad about what Chompa did. And you know what? Chompa wanted him a title shot. He wanted Goldie back. And that brought out William Regal. William Regal said the contract has already been signed. We're just waiting on somebody else. Oh, we just need somebody else uh, to sign it. And Adam Cole snatches the contract away, and we got ourselves a brew, haha! Between Adam Cole and Champa, it was well done. Champa puts him through a table, signs the contract, blood dripping from his face. It was a tremendous visual, and I cannot wait for Takeover. Champa versus Adam Cole. Uh, it should be a phenomenal Takeover. I cannot wait to see how it all turns out. So moving on past this, we had Tegan Knox versus Dakota Kai, and I was very excited for this match. You know, the build, all the build heading into it, we had Tegan Knox watching uh, on the big screen, the video from that takeover with Dakota Kai took her out. And I gotta say that, you know what? I was disappointed by this match. Started off really good, but it didn't even go, th- it went three to four minutes, uh, Tegan Knox. Uh, excuse me, Dakota Kai is going to use the chair and Candice Roy comes in and take it, takes it from her. Then Tika Nox uses the knee brace for the win and the match was over. And I'm like, that's it? Like, uh, we're going to have a clean pinfall? And like, uh, well, no, we're not necessarily clean, but a pinfall within three to four minutes. And that's it. Hopefully we get a takeover match uh, from this uh, going forward and we need a no DQ match or something this can't be the end of the feud so moving on we had Chelsea Green versus Kaden Carter and I gotta say this was the other match that I thought was just gonna strictly be a showcase for Chelsea Green and surprise surprise ladies and gentlemen uh, Kaden Carter picks up the victory here I was outright shocked by that like if you're gonna showcase um if you're gonna showcase Chelsea Green you gotta have her pick up the victory here but I'm surprised by that we'll see how that goes going forward like yeah I was shocked by that one so, moving on to the final matchup of the night, the Bros Weights versus the Grizzled Young Bets. This was a phenomenal match. Very fast paced early on. Some tremendous spots throughout this match. Uh, the double ankle lock from the Bros Awaits, the double finger break from the, from the Bros Weights. A phenomenal matchup. I thought the Grizzled Young Bets were gonna pick up the victory on the 450, but we had a kick out there. At the end of the day, we get the Moonsaults from Riddle and Dunn in the pop up knee strike for the win. Bros. Awaits are your winners. They win the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Champion on the Tag Team Classic. Excuse me. They stand tall and we get fireworks to close what was a phenomenal NXT show and a phenomenal NXT main event, ladies and gentlemen. So that is it for the NXT review. That is it for this podcast. Let me know all of your thoughts on Twitter. I will at two sweet pot and at OMG Corey be on NXT AEW or any wrestling news story of The week.